podcast. And happy Friday, Acme Army. We got the Texans this weekend. What are we going to do? Eric and Eric dive in. Hey, thanks for checking us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And we got some fun stuff coming up on the Acme Army YouTube page. Lots of fun happening here. Check it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> there it is. Happy Friday, everybody. We're recording a little early because we had a banger of a night last night. Am I wrong, Eric? Not one little bit. Gosh, Peter Jones from the UK joined us and had an amazing conversation. He stayed up in the wee hours of the night. Just uh, kicking it around with Eric and I, everything from the Green Bay Packers to the Cleveland Browns to Packer Lord, a Packer greats in the past, the Packers now. It was awesome. Yeah, we're uh, we're fortunate to uh, been able to have that discussion. Uh, a thoroughly entertaining and extremely uh, uh, well versed member of Packer Nation. Mm. Uh, glad we got the opportunity to chat. Hope we can do it again. Yeah, yeah, he is a treasure. Make sure that you go back and listen to episode 14 and make sure that you check him out on Twitter. He's got two handles and both of them are entertaining. Check him out at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog and at pro foot history on Twitter. He's a great follow. Again, thanks a lot, Peter. Now, let's get into it, Eric. What uh, what are you feeling about this week's game? We've got the Houston Texans coming up. It's week seven already. Yeah, well, you got a you got a one and five team coming in. Um, I think what is their lone lone victory was against the Jaguars. Or I'm certainly hoping that there's no complacency. I don't know how there could be uh, after last week's performance. Yeah. Um, one of the things that that I'm looking at is really getting Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones going. Um, I believe that the uh, the Texans are the uh, worst. Yeah. Uh, defense yeah. for stopping the run in the NFL. Yeah. And boy, you can sure take an awful lot of pressure off Aaron Rodgers by getting those boys going. Maybe even mixing a little Corey Dillon. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You mean AJ, AJ Dillon. Dillon? There we go. Son again. of a. Let's get an edit there. Well, you know what? On the injury report, it just came out. And David Bakhtiari's missed the last two days with this chest injury. This is troubling because there's going to be a lot of line shuffle speculation throughout Packer Nation. And like you said earlier on the phone, is there the possibility he's one of those players that can check it out at game time and say, I'm ready to go? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that uh, he certainly is capable of not practicing and playing if he's healthy. Um, he's one of those sort of exceptions to the must practice in order to play rules. Uh, however, it's never a good sign when he can't go. Uh, and as, as we talked about earlier and we'll spend some time on now, this opens up a whole lot of different avenues uh, to, to go. Um, your, uh, your suggestion, which is probably the most logical, uh, being that, that uh, Elton Jenkins gets shifted from left guard out to left tackle, and we bring in Runyon to play left guard where he played before. Um, you know, the time uh, against Minnesota when that happened, um, he, was, he was covering that right tackle, not left tackle. So I don't know. Gutekunst, excuse me, not Gutekunst. Uh, Lafleur is willing to to mix and shuffle. So it'll be very inter interesting to see how he addresses 
that uh, should we? There's a lot of different things. I mean, could could this uh, could this be the debut of our boy Yash Nyman? Can't <laughs> wait to see him. This is a man. <laughs> this is a monster of a man. Probably not going to happen. But had to get a little shout out to uh, to Yash Nyman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see him. You know, we've talked about him for a long time, and your crush on him is legendary. But huge. I I don't know if this is the week to start him. Maybe it is against the one and five team, but. There is no question that the depth is a concern for the front office. They signed uh, Ben Braden, who was on our practice squad previously, uh, lineman from Michigan. So he just came in this week. But uh, other injuries of concern, again, Tyler Irvin, he's gone with that wrist. That's a much bigger injury than we than I thought it was going to be, and that's going to greatly impact us. Tyler Lancaster did not participate again with a, with a shoulder injury. Mercedes Lewis taking that Thursday off. And Corey Lindsley, limited participation. So our offensive line, we need a little help there. I understand the signings. But Darnell Savage, quadricep, did not participate the last two days. We could see Vernon Scott, Raven uh, Green a whole lot more this game if he's out. And Preston, Zadarius, EQ, all limited. And, ooh, and the big one. Eric, today on Twitter, it was released that the Packers – Public relations said we've been pronouncing Robert Tanyan wrong the whole time. That is correct. Uh, made me immediately think of Monte Ball from the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> you, you remember two years later he corrected the the name. Uh, the the funny thing that I remember about that is a, as a game in the snow uh, at Camp Randall, uh, they interview, interviewed uh, um, Monte's father and mother. <laughs> And being that he's a junior, that would make his father the senior. And his father said, his name is Monty, just like mine. <laughs> so it's Big Bob Tunyon yes, for all those uh, people yes, that want to make sure they pronounce names correctly. Yeah, it seems kind of odd that you're getting a correction a couple, uh, couple three years into his I, Right, right. Well, I guess he's got a couple touchdowns in his belt. He's like, hey, now it's time to recognize it correctly. But he's been out with a ankle, did not participate the last two days. So that is something to be concerned about because now we're legitimately two tight ends down and Mercedes uh, being really more of the blocking tight end. You know, this could be a Jay Sternberger game from, from the gods, for all we know. But over on the Houston side, there isn't anything that is popping out as something that is going to affect our game plan against them yeah three guys three guys one of them jj watt it's not injury related it's a it's a personal issue why he's not a practice mm -hmm. so really only two guys and when we're, we're we're throwing 13 that we're being honest about yeah um, yeah it's a big deal yeah it is but getting into this game and i mean just injuries aside you were talking about our running game tennessee showed us what the game plan should be against Houston. Derrick Henry did a great job running the ball, controlling the clock for uh, those drives. But Houston in that game, watching the tape, Eric, they put up points so fast. And Deshaun Watson is hes as dangerous a weapon and as super a superstar as there is in the NFL right now. Arm and legs. 
No. Uh, the, the guy's got a gun, and he can run for 40 yards at mm -hmm. the, you know, kind of a Dak Prescott molded guy who can throw and run. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a big problem. Yeah, that's, that's a real a... big problem. Yeah, How do you counter that? How do you counter that going back to our O-line? How do you help out an ailing uh, O-line? Run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we need to do because they are 31st in, in rush defense. On the passing side, they're giving up nearly 264 yards a game, though. Our offense right now, though, needs a good dose of just soul-cleansing rushing. Would you, would you agree? <laughs> uh, well, absolutely, and there's nothing that the offensive linemen like better than to do the hitting. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see... Uh, I'd like to see A.J. Dillon maybe bump up the 12 touches in a game. You know, he had 10 last game. Let's see what 12 gets him, maybe a swing pass or two, you know. Well, you know, particularly after watching what Henry did last week, that certainly makes sense. And, you know, our uh, man crush on, on A.J. Dillon is uh, uh, without question. You, you know, I, when you got Jones and Williams playing so well, is it a mistake to, to break up that rhythm? I don't know the answer, but boy, I, I sure like the way the big fella carries the ball. Yeah, and I think the idea of having a longer sustained drive is something that nobody's going to complain about. You know, if they have to sit on the sidelines for AJ and, you know, we're adding a minute and a half onto our drives, that helps everybody on the team. That helps offense, defense, uh, all the way around. Now, looking at our offense, you've had time to think about it. What player are you really focusing on that is going to jump out for you this week against the Texans? Well, um, I would be lying if I, uh, if I didn't say that last week as well, I thought um, with Adams back uh, and, and requiring uh, the kind of coverage um, over the top that, uh, that the MVS was, was ripe for a, for a big game. Uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I wish Lazard was here. Uh, and healthy uh, because that that opens things up for MVS even more mm -hmm. um, uh, also you know Aaron Jones Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams um, boy oh boy this certainly seems like a, a game where you're going to come in with a heavy focus on running the football and and all three of our guys but our top two in particular uh, you know, it, it seemed like Williams was the only guy that even had a rush last week. He had the one 24-yarder or 25-yarder, whatever it was. Um, but goodness, we uh, we need to take advantage uh, and protect what whatever sort of uh, line we throw out there this week. And, and the best way to do that is to chew clock mm -hmm. and pound some people. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Lafleur approaches this, given the givens. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way that we line up against their defense with Bakhtiari out is the only thing that is concerning because if we can continue some kind of tempo, nice short passes, some, some clock control, it's the only way we're going to keep Deshaun off the field because he, we don't want to be in a shootout right now. I, I I think there's an opportunity, just the way that he looks throwing the ball when he's moving and people not on the best of routes. There should be some opportunities for some interceptions. I know I've said it the last six weeks, but uh, Jair's got to get something. Uh, our defensive back's got to get some kind of turnovers to, to just make this game a little more uh, uh, 
a little more of a dominant, resurgent performance. Do you know what I mean? Well, sticking with that theme, um, we talked last week about Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman, and uh, the staff went uh, strong start to finish with Josh, Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, played a, a pretty decent game overall. And how, how do you feel about week two with him? I like it. Um, Josh Jackson is somebody that I've always felt needed some consistent playing time. And he's never had that opportunity when we've had, you know, Tremont Williams. and We've had Shannon Sullivan playing the way that they are. It's a different set of circumstances than just throwing him in there and letting him get his feet wet. I, th- I thought he did a good job last week getting his feet wet. He made those mistakes. Man, is, there, is the kid going to learn from him? He absolutely is. I sure hope so. And, you know, he, he started nine as a rookie, and that's, that's not how you evaluate someone. Yeah, and, and, and he, he, was, he was thrown into a man, you know, man-man position out there in his rookie year in the NFL when he came from Iowa where he had, you know, more of a zone scheme and he had area to work and that's where his athleticism, you know, ball Hawk in Iowa. It was great. I mean, second best interceptions I've seen outside of Charles Woodson against Ohio state that, that damn near one of the, or that iced the Heisman for him. But all right, we're digressing. I'm getting off on the subject. I want to talk uh, real quick about David Johnson the weapon that the Texans got for their offense to put them over the top. And right now, like I mentioned, they're, they're ranked 31st in rushing offense with a guy they're paying $10 million for and really mortgaged the franchise and, and on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Seems like a big mistake to me. Um, now, you have you have Cooks and you got Will Fuller and you got Randall Cobb. Uh, you you put uh, the big fella back in that mix. I I don't know. I, I, it, I, I that was a head scratcher for me. I didn't understand uh, what they were thinking. It seems like they've they've depleted the talent pool. We talked earlier about uh, you know keeping them together with uh, with Watson uh, and how how important that maturing of the quarterback and and wide receiver how that works together as their careers progress. Don't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Glad he's not there. I'm less afraid of David Johnson, yeah. but I'm afraid from <laughs> I'm afraid of any running back that's playing us at this point. Yeah, but he he's not the man down. He's not the running back he was three years ago. So uh, it's it's a different different. But now if we have to play just on their receivers and really focus on Fuller. Stills, Cobb, it's going to be a high-scoring game. It certainly has a recipe for a high-scoring game. I don't think this is going to be a defensive struggle. Mm -hmm. I think the major thing is if we take away David Johnson and we only have those three receivers to really focus on uh, with with their tight end Atkins out, it gives us a, 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 a better opportunity to match up with them and have somebody focused on Deshaun. Because he's the biggest one that is is the problematic player for their team. Um, absolutely. How how do you feel about uh, sort of a reunion of sorts with with Randall Cobb and of course 
for us Badger fans, uh, a, a chance to see J.J. Watt? Well, I always like to see J.J. Watt, but if you're talking about moving into the NFL rumors, um, we can go into that topic as well right now. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I just – I Either one. Uh, you know, Peter Bukowski, bless his heart, he's a uh, – He's a goat in the podcast. Uh, that I just I did not. Well, more recently, it's the, it's the Cobb. You know, it, it, it's it's are we going to trade for Randall Cobb? But before that, it was Kenny Stills last week. Yep. So I, yep. Yep. You know, I, I know Aaron dropped the nugget on Pat McAfee saying he you know he loved Cobb. He was his best buddy. Everything else. It, it's not happening. All right. It's it's we're not trading for a skill player period I don't think so either however just throwing this out and you and I have banged heads on this one for a while both of us at one point advocating both (laughs) thinking it was stupid Um, but one of the other rumors that's out there now is after week eight Antonio Brown is available to sign with anyone it doesn't cost you a draft pick and if he's a cancer in the locker room you cut him after a week with no loss make a reasonable argument that bringing that kind of talent in to go with Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard and MVS and Malik Taylor, who knows? Uh, the guy's psycho, uh, psycho and he's, he's dangerous, but you don't have to keep him. So, I mean, if you brought him in for a week and he turns, uh, he's turned the corner in his life, uh, he brings a dimension that we don't have. And, and that might be kind of an interesting thing for a half a season. He could certainly help us with our lack of jet sweeps right now, you know? Um, I don't like, I just, uh, I don't like the chemistry blowing up like that. I don't like a guy like Antonio Brown messing with the psyche of, uh, Alan Lazard. But I don't, I don't want him having cockfights with Devontae Adams. I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't want to see it. I, I just don't think that we're going to pick up an offensive player. Now, if we want to talk about defense, then I got some, you know, ideas, J.J. Watt not being one of those ideas. I mean, I wear the W every day. I love, I love Wisconsin. I love the Badgers. J.J. Watt, mm, he's a 10-year vet. I understand he doesn't – no dead money on them next year. It would be a, a one-year rental, and maybe we could uh, negotiate next year for some kind of extension. The cap's going down to 175. Uh, now, now we're talking about releasing – Everybody on defense. Everybody. We're, we're getting rid of Preston. We're getting rid of Amos. We're getting rid of Christian Kirksey to, to fit in 10-year-old, 11-year vet now, J.J. Watt. I, you know, I love it for this year. I'm, I'm not going to shake my head at it, but is it realistic? Ah. I like the rumors I've heard out of the New York Jets and how they're kind of cleaning house right now. They sent McClendon, their defensive uh, tackle slash nose tackle, down to Tampa Bay the beginning of the week, and then they're talking about Quentin Williams, who was the number three overall pick out of Alabama. Shit. They're talking they would, you know, rumors saying they would take as low as or as high as a second-round pick for him. How fast would you make that trade? Uh, Probably pretty quickly. Um, Along those same lines, um, uh, a report that you shared with me I have not yet seen, but about Mbikwe, from from Minnesota being traded for a second and a fourth or a second and a third? No, no, a third and a fifth round. See, Minnesota traded Jacksonville a second round and a fifth round pick next year. Minnesota had him for 
five weeks, <laughs> less than 40 days, and turned him around for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick from the Ravens. Wow. You know, I, I think Minnesota, we're getting a little out of order, but is I think they're on the verge of a blow-up. I mean, their, their cap is a mess. They got players that are, oh, they're not performing on so many levels. But the bigger thing on there, Yannick Ngakwe just got traded. Daniil Hunter just went on IR for the rest of the year. He's having a herniated disc surgery. So that was just announced. Their defense, you know, I'd like I'd like a yard sale on some of their defensive players. You know, you give me Kendricks. <laughs> you know, that's that's something I would entertain, but. I I can see a defensive move, not an off, offensive move for us. But I, I don't like how you just brushed aside what I had deemed in my heart for maybe the last 24 hours as, holy shit, if somebody was really willing to give up a second-round pick for Quentin Williams, this is a guy who was the number three pick. He would dominate. His cap number is nothing right now. Oh, Next no, no, I, I'm Clark, sorry. I, I, and you just blew right past that talking about Ngakwe, like – I'm hurt a little bit. I mean, I got a little, little bit of a crush brewing on Quentin Williams right now. Let me dream, baby. Well, go, go back and listen to the tape. I thought it was a fantastic idea, <laughs> and I mean, it would, it would, that would be an, an instant, instant improvement. But look, but look at the—he's a number three pick. He's got no money. I mean, he's not owed anything right now. Those, those, those salaries are so low for the big interior players. I think that makes my mouth water. And, and, well, like, and what do we need more? What do we need more? I can't think of anything. Uh, it's, defensive line is where we got to go. And then I love to hear the rumors of Geno Atkins not being happy in his role in, in Cle uh, Cincinnati. Because Geno Atkins could be one of those guys that comes in or starts next to Clark that would make some havoc and, and still be good for two downs uh, you know, in a rotation. I, I like him. but Yeah, no, let's go back to, to the Vikings because they're in – Real trouble right now. Breaks my heart. Yeah, I know. I mean, they got they're getting rid of everybody over there. Like it's or there's rumors like they're getting rid of everybody. But then there's Greg Jennings, and he comes out this week, and we put a Twitter poll on the Acme Army Twitter account um, that asked if we were ready to let Greg Jennings back into Packer Nation. And back into our hearts. And, the, and, and you could say yes or it could say GTFO, you know. And, and surprisingly, 43.3% said, eh, it's time to let Greg Jennings back into Packer Nation. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. Um, listening to him in the, in the broadcast, uh, I believe it was the second week, uh, still not letting go. You know what? He's got to let go of the hate before we can. Sorry. Inflexible position. <laughs> I like that. That's a good, you know, because I'm going on the soft heart side going, yeah, maybe it is time. I mean, we all got to forgive and forget, but maybe you're right. Maybe he's the one guy who keeps bringing it up. Maybe we've got to wait till Aaron Rodgers goes away, retires, then they can. Then they could talk about it. Well, speaking of soft hearts, um, 
we try not to because most of the time it's it's complete lunacy but we try not to throw out the this guy needs to get fired that guy needs to go this guy needs to do anything uh, don't do i'm going to go there um not 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 advocating the uh, the uh, uh termination whatsoever but I, I i guess so much of this year's defense reminds me of dom capers <laughs> uh you know you got tom brady who's the least effective quarterback in the in the league against pressure and what do we do the, almost the whole game? Three-man pressure. Um, wasn't, the way, wasn't the way to deal with Tom Brady. Um, a lot of it is players, no doubt about it, but the players can only play in the scheme that they're coached. And I, I, I just wonder, uh, I don't know. I feel kind of happy that Jerry Gray's on our staff, leaving oh, it alone right there. No, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, well, if there was going to be a midseason transition i'm sure he would be the logical choice there won't and we can't you can't you can't you know you're you that's throwing up the white flag to your team and you can't mm -hmm. ever do that i i disagree with any kind of terminations during the year unless you're you know if you're a a, a one in six team and you've lost the team o'brien for example in one that's right our rushers were not beating their matchups how is Petten to blame for that because he didn't call 49% blitzes on the plays it at some know, point three. at some point when you're caught when you, when your defense is productive and, and, and is set on a trajectory like they were last year and you're building on year two on that with these players and they're not doing their one-on-ones it ain't Mike Patton's fault maybe he needs a kick in the ass maybe he need you know whatever they got to do maybe he needs to spruce some things up but jeezy Peasy people were four and one. We had one simple bump. Let's chill. Well, clearly uh, we didn't get home. Uh, however, when you're rushing three against five blockers, it's hard to get home. Some of its scheme, some of its players, um, kind of is what it is. I hear. Got to improve. Got to improve. You. I hear you. But when I see rushers on film that are an arm's length away from the quarterback and they they have two hands of their defender on her and they haven't done a swim they haven't uh you know done a speed rush they're doing the same thing running up the lanes and running into the tackles that's that's where i just kind of go Ugh. but maybe we'll see Rashawn gary a little more i'm uh i'm always going to be optimistic he's going to have his breakout game what's with the ankle that's that's the thing too when you're a 275 pound man Trying to move a 320-pound man, pistons, not having an man. ankle is not. He's got not pistons easy. for legs, man. They're just <laughs> do 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 B8. Shout out Rashawn Gary. Yes, sir. He's awesome. Anyway, all right, Eric. Well, let's move on to the greatest segment of the show. Eric, what are your Week Seven predictions for your Green Bay Packers against this dangerous Houston Texans team? Well, I am going to stray a little bit from my uh, from my standard uh, first uh, five game prediction. All right. Yeah, I'm still seeing the Green Bay Packers scoring 37 points and riding the ship and getting back in the 30s. I think that the Houston Texans are going to have a little bit more trouble than than is expected against us. I am seeing a 37-17 Green Bay <laughs> Packer win. 
So you've adjusted one number. One number. Uh, I just, uh, I feel like we could potentially come back down to uh, football promised land. I think it's easy for me to say we're going to put up 30 points, but I think we're going to have a ball control offense. I don't think we're going to, we're going to try to mitigate any of the shootout potential we can have because we saw exactly what they did against Tennessee last week. Don't want to be there. I'm sticking firm. 35-24. Love it. Love it. And I'll tell you, I think that, that Aaron Rodgers in particular and the team in general were embarrassed by a primetime or a late afternoon, uh, a nationwide game. Mm-hmm. I expect the backers to bounce back. We're a better team than they are. Yeah, yeah, we are. But I do have another prediction. Deshaun Watson will have 100 yards rushing. Boy. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Well, if you can't bring down Tom Brady, how the hell are you going to bring him down? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that, everybody, have a great weekend and getting prepared for your Week 7 tailgate. And check out our YouTube. Benny's got his brat rundown. We're also going to have some new recipes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Lots of fun stuff happening, happening over here at Acme Army. Guys, thanks for your likes and your subscribes and listens. We are available everywhere you're listening to podcasts right now. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Check us out on Twitter at Acme underscore Army. We're having a lot of fun, lots of new great follows, not lots of great conversations. Heck, man, that's where we met Peter Jones. Yes, sir. So with that, Eric, take us out. People, have a great weekend. Stay safe and go Pack Go. That's it. We've done our duties. Job is done. Put on our chaplain. Blue note jazz, you know. Shoo we do I